welcome to Berlin, Jay. You're here. Thank you. Thank you. It, it feels good to be here. It feels great. So I picked you up at the airport exactly one week ago. Yeah. And meant to grab a little podcast episode or like a live reportage audio report uh, at the airport. But then I was running late and it didn't work out. I just remember you being so full of energy and happy and uh, yeah, just happy, I guess. Yep, I was on a high. I was <laughs> riding on a big high. I mean, this is like, you know, those things in life that you have told yourself that you want to accomplish, and they always seem so impossible, and then you mm -hmm. actually accomplish it. I mean, just the act of accomplishing a long-term goal is, I think, gives you so much dopamine and serotonin. Honestly, stuff that mm -hmm. drugs can't even give you, you know? So when you met me, I was riding on that high. <laughs> yeah. So one week in, how do you feel? I feel good. I feel settled a little bit. Um, I feel happy. I feel satisfied in a way. Of course, there's still things that I want to do. But for the longest time, I've been trying to find a city that's I can just call my home and I can grow. And I finally feel like that that challenge, that obstacle for myself is finally done. So I can now start to figure out how to actually live here and figure out how to make a life here. And that's is such a relief because every place that I've lived before, I always had this back in my mind that I won't be here long. You know, I won't be here for more than like a year or so. But being in Berlin, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to at least be here for four years, at least. So it's just, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. It's very refreshing. So we're going to talk a little bit about all the things you've already done and accomplished in your first week here. But I want to hear in a little bit more detail kind of about your trip and your first days here. So basically, I guess the trip, I mean, you just jumped into an airplane and packed your suitcases and went here. Was there anything that you think is important to mention or interesting to anyone else who's like thinking of, you know, coming to Berlin, not as a tourist, but moving to Berlin in terms of the actual trip? Is there anything that you had to prepare or that was important to know about? To be honest, and I can only speak from my personal experience. So um, I will only speak from my own personal experience, but it was much easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, I showed Manuel um, a letter that I write to my current self from my future self. Is this something you do like all the time? Is this like a regular thing? It is a regular thing. <laughs> I'm trying to make it more of a regular <laughs> thing. Um, so I had a message from my future self saying that this move was so easy. It was really great. I had no issues. Um, everything worked out perfectly. And honestly, like it couldn't have worked out any better. All of my flights were on time. Oh, Well, there was one one little thing. Um, I noticed, so I, I was having a layover in London, and it was supposed to go from London to Berlin. And it uh -huh. was originally scheduled for um, 11 a.m. in the morning. However, Sunday, 
I no Saturday I checked my flight and that flight was not showing up anymore and I got so worried I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god where is this flight what happened what happened then I read that it got canceled and I'm like oh crap damn <laughs> um so thankfully I was able to reach out to like the airlines and they were able to give me a new flight but my advice was just be check your emails <laughs> check your yeah. e- cuz I did not they sent that on Wednesday technically and I didn't check it till Saturday and thankfully it was only because like I was trying to um tell somebody what time I was flying in um so I can check out a uh, a flight uh, a flat here um so yeah that would be my only advice would be to check your emails um also, like, if you're going to bring a lot of stuff, prepare to pay an extra $100 for a suitcase, because I did that, um, or 100 euros, whatever currency you're using. Um, just 100, 100 flat. Just 100 flat. Whatever currency, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> That's how much it costs. <laughs> but yeah, um, I would just say, you know, trust yourself, trust the process, and don't worry too much, like... This is supposed to be an exciting adventure for yourself. And yeah, there are going to be obstacles. But the more you worry, the more unenjoyable these first impressions are going to be. And you want to at least start your adventure on a good note. So I did a lot, a lot, a lot of intentional positivity, intentional um, intentional mindset practicing, like journaling, repeating affirmations, and just getting myself into a good mood. And I think that contributed a lot to, you know, me having an easy move here. So I can't give like specific, like actionable steps, but all I can say is just Keep a positive mindset. And people may argue that, oh, you can't always have a positive mindset. I disagree. Um, that's the one thing in life that you can control. And if you're doing this for yourself, you deserve, you know, to be happy and excited about this adventure. So treat yourself, you know, to excitement, you know, treat yourself to the 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 rush and the thrill of a new adventure. And also know that while this is something that you're trying to accomplish. It's not going to be easy, and I'm not saying that you're not going to have obstacles and problems because we'll get to this a little bit later on in the episode. But I've already run into like some obstacles and problems, so you know it's not about thinking that oh everything's going to be perfect, but at least you know in the beginning try to at least have the most optimistic mindset that you can. Treat yourself. Treat yourself is what I got from that. Yes, and so then you got here and you somehow managed to have a room ready to move into the day you arrived here yes um impressive <laughs> manuel picked me up from the um airport we went to his place also thank you manuel for honestly being a great um welcoming host it made everything so much more comfortable and smooth i have to contribute that to you um truly 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 appreciate that very grateful for um your help honestly 10 out of 10 highly recommend <laughs> but yeah um i I was actually lucky enough to have two options of places to live, but there was one place that I was really preferring. Um, the guy that um, I'm subleasing from right now, he had reached out to me maybe like the middle of last weekend, um, offering his place. It was fully furnished already, like had a bed, a couch, a TV, balcony, table, all that type of stuff, my own bathroom. And I was just so excited to be here. And I was like, you know what? It's six or 18 o'clock 
why not just reach out to them and see if I can go see the play? So I literally dropped off my stuff at Manuel's um, flat and I just traveled over to his place. <laughs> um, liked the place, gave him my money through PayPal, got the key. And I was like, yep, got it. That was like maybe in the first two hours of getting here. <laughs> so looking back, I remember you started looking for places like months ago. What do you think is the right time to start looking for a room or a place to move to before coming to Berlin? Um, I don't know. There's a, a specific time. I mean, as early, the sooner the better. But then, like, I'll give you the, my pros and cons of doing it really early. The pros and pros of doing it early is you get into the habit of looking for a place. You get into like you start to figure out, you know, like the certain websites, certain like things that you're looking for, the um, the certain ways that, you know, like communication goes. Um, and that's a super cool thing. But the con of that is a lot of places like that I've always checked out, they're looking for people to come in like a week or two weeks, like around that duration. Yeah. Um, and they also prefer you to be there in person. So that was kind of like um, not helpful because, you know, I wasn't there. Um, and then on the other end of things, if you wait to the last minute, um, to start searching, you can find a place, but then you might not have as many options. But once again, especially when you're moving here is somewhat, you have to just kind of compromise and just be grateful for the opportunities that you have, because you might not have a lot of them. Um, but my goal is to throw everything at a wall and just see what sticks. So if you can do that as early as possible, do that as early as possible. If you maybe are in a week or two before, still try to throw as much as you can. Now, keep in mind that you don't want to um, burn yourself out. You don't want to overwhelm yourself, but develop a habit that works for you. Um, I personally use Facebook groups to find all of my housing. When I was living in the UK, when I was living in Austin, now when I was living in Berlin, every place that I found has been through Facebook. And the reason why I like Facebook groups, not Facebook as a company or whatnot, but Facebook groups is because I'm talking to actual people and it's easier for me to confirm if they are, you know, human or whatnot. And generally a lot more people speak English that way too. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, it was easier for me to communicate with people that way. And especially since I'm moving here, um, I'm dealing with more subleasing type of things. So I'm not having to deal specifically with, you know, showing proof of income, having a shufa, having all this paperwork that I just won't have in my first few days of being here, you know? So I highly recommend, you know, doing it as early as possible or just, you know, reaching out and having some sort of like structure of just continuously checking, but just don't overwork yourself. And also just have faith, you know, because the place that I got, the place I'm living at right now, he reached out to me. I didn't reach out to him. So, you know, it's just a thing of just, you know, staying optimistic and trusting that, you know, it'll all work out the way that it works out. So we didn't spend that much time together this first week, but I, I remember specifically when you were at my place, you were like, huh, you have a door to your kitchen that you can close. That's so weird. And I'm sure there's many, many things that you are noticing that are just different from, you know, US culture. And I'm just curious, what are some things you noticed, some first impressions, some first little culture shocks maybe 
kind of what are the things that surprised you? Yeah, every room has a door here. The living room has a door. The kitchen yes, has a door. Yes, we like privacy. We like to shut our doors. Yes, y'all do. <laughs> we have very like like the only thing that has doors like in my apartments back at home were like just your personal bedroom and your bathroom. But like the kitchen, the living room, they were always open. Um, no matter where okay. I went, that was weird. The way that doors open here are different too. Like doors, sometimes they pull like. Some of the doors they pull towards you, where most doors in America they pull away from you. So like, you push the door. Doesn't that depend on what side of the door you are on? No, like like so. For example, like the a door to my apartment, I push it like towards me, which is really weird. Um, I know it's like in some places, like 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 I'm confused over which way I open the door. Um, and that was just like a little <laughs> small thing. Um, you guys have much better. Like y'all are more conscious about your recycling. Like most times in America, and once again, I'm generalizing, so I'm only talking about my experiences in America. But like, we only have a recycling bin and a trash bin. There is a mm -hmm. recycling for glass bin, recycling for cardboard and paper bin. There's a recycling for plastic bin here, and there's a trash bin. Okay, let's do a little mini topic here because we received an email from Susan. Hi, Susan, and she wrote. As a topic suggestion, recycling. What goes in each bin? What can be recycled? <laughs> How to organize bins in your house? Where do milk cartons go? What kind of plastic can go in the yellow bin? Plastic toys? Food packaging? What do I do with old electronics? <laughs> so lots of questions. Just kind of a mini overview. Most households have either at least three or four different bins, as she says. So basically there's general garbage which I guess should come last because that's kind of like everything else. Then there's paper where you put paper and it's for recycling paper and cardboard. And then there's plastic, which is basically any type of single-use plastic and also milk and juice cartons, kind of these Tetra packs. Um, and yeah, there's a few different like kind of logos or symbols that help with that but also not really um and then i also have organic waste so basically food waste and then there's kind of the rest so rest means the rest right so everything else goes there and that stuff i think gets just burned and the rest um gets uh, recycled and old electronics this is a good point um so if you buy basically any place that sells electronics also has to take back old electronics of the general type and size. So it doesn't matter if they are selling that exact brand or that exact thing. Like if you're buying a computer monitor, for example, that place should also take back your old printer, for example, as, a, as an example. Um, so that goes for any store, whether it's an electronic store or a supermarket or anything. And in terms of Paper and plastic, I think the big thing is that um, you shouldn't put anything in there that's mixed. So if there's things that are like glued together and they're of different materials, that doesn't go in there because that can't be recycled. And um, yeah, there's a few more rules uh, that I'm not too certain about. But that's kind of the general gist. And yeah, I think Germans are quite proud of the fact of this kind of whole recycling system. 
Um, also, glass goes into containers on the street um, with different sorted by different colors, so that gets recycled. But unfortunately, at least from what I've heard, a lot of stuff ends up not being recycled, either because it's done wrong or it gets mixed at some point. So it's like, we're kind of proud of the whole recycling chain, but at the end of the day, it's the results are not perfect. Hey, but at least it's better than nothing, you know? Like, at least the system's out there. And there's definitely a learning curve to it all. Like, I'm learning to know what to separate or whatnot. But I mm -hmm. think it's something that, like, at least, you know, Germany is doing that. And it's better than just throwing everything into one bin and just calling it a day, you know? Like, there's at yeah, least attempts just... or actions at it. What do you do with the envelope? I'm looking at an envelope right now, and I'm like, that's technically paper and plastic. See, that's a, that's a great question, and it, it's a great example for my own uh, uh, ignorance. I'm googling Briefumschlag mit Plastik. Welcher Müll? Let's see what it says. Um, yeah, so they can go. Ah, so yeah, so that's not a problem, I guess. Stuff like that, because it's. Uh, so what happens is w when it goes into the recycling center, it all goes goes into water and the water is kind of separating and then the paper basically goes down and the plastic stays on top and that's how they separate that so yeah you can put those in the paper but if it's for example like a yogurt yogurt uh box thing that that it has like plastic and paper glued together then that would be different i think so, if in doubt, just Google it. Gotcha. Interesting. So much to learn. Okay, there's another thing that was really interesting for me. When you go to a restaurant, there are three types of water you can get. You can get tap, still, and sparkling. I've never had so many options for water in my life. <laughs> it, See, this was a whole uh, thing on my other podcast uh, in the category of Das Nerft, because it really, it, some some restaurants will refuse to give you tap water because the thing in Germany is that restaurants make most of their money or at least, at least a lot of their money by selling drinks. Yes. And, and they don't want to give water. you free tap water. And I, that's one of the biggest thing that I love about the US where you just get a giant jug of tap water. You don't even have to ask for it. It's just there. And like, I am a thirsty person. I love <laughs> drinking water. And so it's great. Yeah. In Germany, basically the default actually is that you order a drink. And even if the drink that you want is water you kind of order it and so if you say hey i would like a water please they will ask you sparkling or non-sparkling sparkling obviously comes in a bottle and is paid but even if you say no 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 gas like not not sparkling it'll be like a super expensive little bottle with <laughs> yes. water that was that came on a truck and if you want tap water that is free you need to specifically specify or ask can I have some tap water? And depending on the restaurant, they'll either just do it or they'll do it begrudgingly and they will look at you. Or something that you see more and more, even on menus, they'll say, hey, if you want tap water, um, you can only have it if you also order a drink or we will charge you a euro or whatever. And it's a little ridiculous, but I kind of prefer 
it, it's a little more honest. You know, I prefer paying a euro for tap water than for them to give me an angry look. You know, it's like, don't look at me like, <laughs> don't look at me like that. Like if, if you really depend that much on the, on the money from, from the <laughs> drinks, <water. laughs> then, then charge a euro. That's fine. And honestly, I kind of get it too. Cause like meals in Berlin are really cheap, you know? And if you're having lunch for seven euros and then you're having tap water, it's like, yeah, the restaurant isn't making a lot of money of that, off of that. And if you otherwise pay another three or four euros for a drink, you know, I get it. So I've given up on the tap water fight. I just order my favorite drink, which is Apfeltrolle, which I heard is also another thing that <laughs> surprised you. Yes. Um, just to end on that water thing, I ended up paying five euros for still water, and I was very, very confused. <laughs> I was like, what is <laughs> oh, no. this? I'm like, Maybe like a yeah. big bottle of Avian or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and probably. it was just, no, it was in like a little wine glass. I'm, I'm like, it wasn't even that special. They tried to put like a little grapefruit little slice in there, and I was like, that's what I paid for? I was like, if I had known that, I would just got in tap water. I thought top and still was like the same exact thing. Apparently not. Germany. Nope. So, yeah. Great. Um, yes, Apple, I'm still learning how to pronounce words, but the sparkling apple juice is what I'm going to call it, is a hit. That was a great, great, great um, discovery that Manuel shared with me. Um, <laughs> but it's not sparkling apple juice. It's apple juice mixed with sparkling water. And it's kind of important to specify this because I think if you just made apple juice sparkling, it wouldn't be as refreshing because it would just be so sweet. That's right? True. Kind of the trick... The hit about it, the the trick about it is that it's that it's fifty fifty and sparkling. It is a great refreshing drink, and so was a club mate. Um, that one is a new favorite of mine as well. Club mate, yeah, that's a very Berlin thing. It's now completely mainstream. I remember, like fifteen years ago, it was a very kind of nerd. <laughs> uh, thing to drink like all the computer nerds were drinking club mate because it has a lot of caffeine um and is very sweet it's kind of it's kind of like i think it has about as much sugar as coca-cola does and as much caffeine or more but it doesn't taste as sweet i think um and so yeah yeah I, they're dangerous like I'm, I'm gonna have to not get these anymore because <laughs> they are very sweet and sugary <laughs> And yeah. I try not to drink as too much sugar, but I've treated myself. I've been in tourist mode um, last week. That was my tourist mode. So I was like, it's okay. Definitely. Nice. Anything else? Um, that... Okay. The other thing, everyone like told me, oh yeah, you know, every, like I'm like, I'm excited to practice my German here. Oh, well, just know that you probably won't be able to practice that much because everyone here speaks English. That is a lie. That is a lie, a straight up lie. <laughs> Conversationally, yes, but not when it comes to service, you know, getting something done, going to a store, you know, trying to ask people questions. Most of the people I have come in contact with that I need actual help from only speak German. And I've been like, oh, this is not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Obviously, we're in Germany, so it makes sense, right? But my, I was my expectations were not that. <laughs> interesting, very interesting. Yeah, I feel like you hear both things. You know, people complaining or being surprised by how 
everybody just speaks English and even, you know, kind of the stereotype is you can't even go to a bar anymore in Berlin or to a cafe without the waiter talking to you in English. And it's so difficult to learn German that way. But on the other hand, I think it's, yes, obviously like those things happen, but at the end of the day, as you've pointed out, we are in Germany and kind of the lingua franca the or the, the language, the default language is German. Yes. And I guess, yeah, maybe if you go to a store and you want to make a contract, you want to get a con cell phone contract, the salesperson is going to want to talk in German. Yes, and that's happened a lot. And that's getting to the next point of the struggles that I've come to face while being here already. <laughs> um, Tell us about them. The I would say, I mean, like the language barrier has been, I think, the biggest challenge and like... I'm trying not to overwhelm myself because, of course, you know, like, I need to learn German, but I'm not going to learn it overnight. But, like, in terms of, like, you know, getting a phone contract, you know, um, setting up, you know, like, a bank account, um, going to the store, you know, buying a bike or whatnot, a lot of these people, their preferred language is German. So, and they can speak a little bit of English, but it's not enough for me to really understand what's going on and for them to really understand myself. Like, I went to go get a phone plan, um, and I just needed a prepaid phone plan because I just needed a SIM card right then and there. Um, I wasn't trying mm -hmm. to order one. I was trying to get a prepaid SIM card right then and there. So I went to the telecom store, and they just had some, like, on the little rack, and the it was very expensive. It was like five gigabytes for 25 euros, but that was the biggest plan that they had. So then I was like, okay, let me go to Vodafone um, and see. And the guy was talking to me and I was trying to just get a prepaid SIM card. Like I emphasized a prepaid SIM card. And he was like trying to, I think, sell me like a contract for like 50 euros or whatnot. And he was speaking English, but it was still broken up English. So I couldn't really understand what he was saying. And I, like, I did not trust that I was getting what I needed. And I feel that like, and maybe I'm just nervous or whatnot, but I do feel that like sometimes I might be getting taken advantage of because I don't really know what people are saying that much. And I'm just trying to get, mm -hmm. you know, the easiest thing. So it's really difficult to, I think, have like an actual conversation where we're each ex like understanding each other and I'm getting the best type of service that I can when, you know, like that language barrier is there. You know, and it's difficult because, you know, like, you're not always available. My people are always available to help me out. So, like, I'm doing these things, you know, solo. Um, and then whenever, like, I got, oh, my gosh, my bike. Um. <laughs> just, so, just about that story, I agree that, um, obviously, speaking German would have helped you in that moment. But also, and I guess that's what this podcast is about, and we'll do an episode about getting a SIM card or a short episode because... Yeah, it's not rocket science, but it's better to, like, I think the better method is basically picking something and knowing about the options instead of just wandering into a telecom or Vodafone store where they're obviously going to want to sell you a contract um, instead of just selling you a prepaid card. And so, yeah, I think no matter if you speak German or not, they're going to probably try to sell, upsell you or sell you something expensive there. Yeah, and I'm just like... Can you just work with me, please? Not everything has to be about selling. <laughs> I'm just trying to live. <laughs> and I ended up going with like a telecom five gigabyte one because 
it was like it was literally on the shelf. I did not have to talk to the guy. And yeah, it was a little bit more expensive, but in terms of like simplicity, the, and that's one thing I would say you might like for example, my apartment is a little bit more than the average apartment. But if you are moving to a new country or a new place, it might be worth it for the sake of simplicity and ease to pay a little bit more to have it a little bit easier. Um, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Obviously, it depends on whether you can afford. Yes, it does. To to do it, but you know, obviously I agree that you're making your life easier if you kind of yeah do that you know are able to pay a little bit more the the sim card just we'll do an we will do an individual episode but so you didn't get like a two-year contract you just got a prepaid sim that you can basically ditch at any point yes which correct? i will be i'll be i'm switching okay. to a another <laughs> company after this month um okay let's talk about it in the next one, yeah maybe. but yeah so bike you you went and bought a bike yes so sunday um one of my other coworkers sent me like um, information of a used bikes like sell that they have going on. Um, and I was like, okay, perfect. I mean, like, you know, we talked about bikes in our last episode. I'm like, this is a great time to get myself a bike. Um, I've been using, I've been walking or using like the subway, which has been great. But, you know, like we talked about, it's so much nicer to have a bike, you know, to be able to see the city. Yeah. So I go there um, and I'm looking at all the bikes and, you know, like I was very, very confident in myself before I got there. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is going to be a breeze and I was going to be able to just like go riding the bikes and just see and whatnot. And the one, like, I would say like, it's, it is the culture shock of not knowing the language and still feeling out of place is still present. And granted, I need to give myself time. It's going to be my advice in the future um, at the end of the episode, but it's going to take time for me to feel comfortable here. You know, I'm going to feel uncomfortable for the time being. And I did. I felt so uncomfortable there because um, I did not know. Like, I thought I knew what, like, to ask people or whatnot. But once again, either people were just trying to sell me or people didn't speak enough English for me to actually have a conversation about the bikes that I could, like, get or whatnot. Um, so when I was looking at the bikes, um, like, I was just trying to look and just use my own like um perception evaluation to see which bikes worked for me or whatnot um and then like i end up seeing the bike that i i found and i sent my well a picture of it and he was like yeah you know that's a good bike that's a great frame or whatnot um i ended up being able to get the price down but it was so interesting because it was like i talked to one guy there was two guys who were selling this bike I talked to one guy about getting the price down and then we agreed mm -hmm. on 175 euros, but then he got busy with somebody else. So then the other guy came around and I was like, hey, we agreed on 175. He was like, no. And then I was like, well, that guy said that. And he was, they communicated me. He was like, yes. I'm like, y'all need to work on your communication because you're not about to upsell me again after he just said 175. I gotcha. Um, and then they did not want to take card. So then that was a little difficult. Then I they ended up finally accepting card. They could have taken card the whole entire time, but they had preferred cash. And I'm like, but if you have a card thing, just let me use my card. Um, so like that was, it was difficult trying to, I think, negotiate and talk about the bike or whatnot. And like, since I don't speak the, the, the language is, I don't 
get a conversation. It's either, okay, buy the bike and leave type of thing. It's not like, oh, you know, how long have you had this bike for? You know, what's the frame like or whatnot? So I got very like nervous um, in that setting. Um, and then like in line, I was trying to get like a, like a, um, like a lock for my bike. Um, but then the one that I wanted, they only took cash. So then like, I didn't have that much cash on me, which is so weird because some places here prefer card and other places here prefer cash. And I don't really know how much cash I should keep on me, um, all I the know. time. Um, and I don't want to keep a lot of cash on me cause you know, you don't want to get robbed or whatnot. But then other places are like, no, we only take cash. I'm like, what do I do? Um, it, it's true. Germany, is, it, Berlin is kind of caught between two worlds because Germany is still still very much a, I'm not sure if it's cash first, but kind of cash necessary country. Like people still carry around cash and there are still places that only accept cash because it's cheaper for them or whatever. But then Berlin is obviously also hip and future, like look kind of future forward or <laughs> whatever. And so there's like, there are some cafes that will only accept cash and then there's some hip new cafes that will only accept credit cards and or cards in general i should say zero card credit card <laughs> and it's like yeah so now you kind of just you need both like you can't you can't just have one you need you need to have both a little bit of both and i guess yeah kind of if you're buying a bike obviously if you're buying a bike at a bike shop they'll always um accept cards at least kind of the zero card like not the not necessarily credit cards, um, but that was more kind of a flea market type of situation, yeah. right? Where it was outside and stuff. And in those kinds of situations, you kind of always need cash in Germany. Yeah, exactly. So I learned that in to some of that, I mean, I, I enjoy, I liked the bike that I had and it was a great one day, not even a day <laughs> of riding my bike. And then... Monday morning, I'm riding, and I it, it, it's, it's my fault. I, I fully take blame for this. But I was distracted by a building because I was like, oh, it's a sports complex. There's different things <laughs> in it. And little did I know that I was slowly turning to the right, and I run into a pole, <laughs> a little small <laughs> little pole. I think that's like for cars not to go on the sidewalk. And I ended up damaging the front wheel of my bike. And this is not like, it has not even been 24 hours yet. Um, I think it has been maybe. Did you hurt yourself? I did. I scraped my knee. Um, oh, you have boy. a little boo-boo uh, <laughs> that I had to go get plaster for, <laughs> which that's another different thing. We say band-aids in America. We don't use to wear plasters. Um, no. So that was very interesting. But then, okay, so like, then I messaged Manuel. I'm like, hi. <laughs> so I damaged my bike already. You sounded so down. I was sounded... so down. I was so, I won't lie. I was very upset. <laughs> I'm like, I just got this bike and I'm like, oh, like it hasn't even been a day and I paid so much money for the bike. Um, <laughs> you wrecked it. And I wrecked it. it. And like, once again, and there was this guy who tried to help me, but he didn't speak English. So I didn't know what he was saying. Um, so I just kept, I drag, I, I can't, I can't roll the bike cause the front wheel doesn't work. So I was just dragging my bike. It's not a light bike. And I still have maybe 10 minutes to go from walking to home. So then I end up going to one of the bike shops that Manuel suggested that I go to. And then I go there and it was difficult because 
they don't, this is my thing with the whole language barrier of like the service things. They don't really speak that well of English. So he was trying to like explain to me and all I got was he can't fix the bike. And I think he was trying to explain to me what the problem was, but like he was speaking in German um, and I was like, I don't speak that. I don't know what you're saying, <laughs> sir. I'm sorry. And then he got someone who else was, who was a little bit better, but he was all, all he could say was, we can't fix the bike. So it was like in those situations, it's like, I don't even know what the problem was. I just know mm-hmm. they can't fix the bike. And I'm like, crap. I mean, like, I just bought this bike and they cannot fix it. I'm like, ah, oh. I'm like, like, that's like literally 200 euros out of my pocket right there, just in the mm-hmm. trash. Um, then I, um, my mom was like, well, just try, try to find like another place and see what they say. So I dragged my little, little bike i felt so just like i felt so just like lost just dragging this bike to the next place keep in mind i don't know where i'm going so i'm trying to look at my phone for directions or whatnot and i take it to like another place and they say that they can they might be able to fix it they're going to order a part then it's going to cost like 150 euros or whatnot um and like I like and I all I said was okay. And like they didn't take my money or anything like that. Like my appointment's not until mid-May. But like that was one of my other frustrations because like I'm like, I can't have a conversation with this person about like one, negotiating price down, two, what is the actual problem? Like I don't even know what part he was telling he's going to buy. Um it was like something like for the front wheel. And I'm like, is that really gonna make the thing work? And he only looked at it, so like I don't even know if that's gonna even help. So like, I'm going to probably try to find some other places to go, but, like, that already is, like, one of my frustrations is, like, just not being able to get the help that I need because I don't understand the language and, you know, we can't communicate um, that well. Um, so, it's been, I will say that I have loved my time here, but definitely it's a little bit overwhelming in some cases. Like, I'm not going to lie and say that everything's perfect. Nothing in life is perfect. I'm very grateful to be here, but already I am seeing the struggles of, you know, being in a new country at a new time, um, not understanding the language or whatnot, and all of that. And all of this, I swear to you, is part of culture shock. That is the experience. And... Yes, you go. It's it's a roller coaster. You have all of these emotions. You get endorphins, but you also struggle. And there's going to be so many things that go wrong and that you don't understand. And that's just culture shock, right? Yeah, yeah no, you're definitely right. And like, it's a part. And I know, like, the thing is, I know this. It's like even before I came here, like I was telling my mom, I was like. I'm excited to see what the culture shock is. And the universe was like, all right, bet. I got you. I will show you culture shock. Um, mm-hmm. And l- l- like, it's just different, like in the moment of things, um, because it's, because you're just, you just want everything to go well. And then things are going well, and then things don't go well. And then you just get confused. And then like, you feel this pressure on you because it's like at those shops, there's now a line, you know, and like, I'm holding up the line because I don't understand what's going on. Um, and, you know, they're not, that compassionate to me which is understandable they, they have a job they're just trying to get people in and out so it's also berlin you just need to be prepared for people not being necessarily compassionate or overly you know f- friendly outwardly friendly, yes. friendly. 
Because that's just not the culture. Yes, that's another culture shock. In America, it's customers first. <laughs> the whole let me speak to a manager type of thing is very real. Yes. Um, it's not, and no, I understand that, you know, like, like, like I'm not, I'm not coming here wanting to feel entitled that like I deserve special treatment or whatnot, but it's just like, I'm all about problem solving. And when I can't solve a problem that makes me a little bit overwhelmed, I'm like, oh my gosh, how can I you know, do this? But then, yeah, it's what you said. Like, it's all a part of the journey. It's all a part of the experience. And I need to relax. And this is my advice for myself is. Things take time. It hasn't, yesterday wasn't even a week yet, you know? So, like, I think I need to give myself a little bit more credit for what I'm going through. And it's like, it's the first week. Obviously, things are not going to go 100% smoothly in the first week. Hell, not even probably in the first few months, you know, I'm still going to have some obstacles. Um, and I think I was probably pushing myself a little bit too much, especially, like, given it's, like, only been seven days to get all of this stuff done in the first seven days. And granted, you know, I'm excited. I just want to get established, but like my advice to myself for now on and anybody else taking here is take it slow and know that things take time and it's okay not to do everything at once. You know, of course, it might come with some obstacles. You might not be able to do everything that you want to, but like overall, it might be beneficial to, you know, say, okay, I'm only going to achieve two things this week and maybe not until my third month will I have everything that I need um, because it can get, at least, especially knowing myself, I get overwhelmed very easily. And I got very overwhelmed yesterday. Yesterday, I always have great days, but yesterday was not my best day. Um, I'll just be very just honest with that because I was just so like, oh my God. Um, And just exhausted, you know, and not to mention jet lagged and like starting work again and, you know, just trying to figure everything out. And it was, it's been a roller coaster of a week so far. (laughs) I, I love where I am. And I think like, it's fun though to have that because I mean, like, it makes great story times, you know, and it's great for the plot. Um, yes. And yes. And that's, that's exactly the perspective you should have. Even if, you know, if you, even if you're not telling that story on a podcast later, <laughs> just kind of, you know, try to take an outside perspective and just, you know, enjoy kind of the movie <laughs> yeah. and enjoy the roller coaster. And how boring would it be if just everything was, smooth sailing always and 100% perfectly planned and executed and it's it's really part of the experience i think it is it is and i think like i mean coming from like coming from my time in france i was in an international like student campus you know so they understood people who are new here and I was with other people. So it was easier for me to, you know, navigate culture shock. Like I wasn't alone. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in the UK, everyone speaks English there, you know, so that made it Mm -hmm. a little bit easier. And then when I was in Austin, I'm obviously back home in America. So, you know, it was not hard to get things here. Completely new, completely different, completely just like out of my element. And I think, but that's why I chose this place, you know, it's, it's everything that I imagined, you know, everything that I wanted, I'm getting. And I, 
I, I think like I went to bed feeling a lot more okay with things um, because I just reminded myself, you know, like this is honestly what I asked for. This is what I want. And it won't always be like this. You know, I think like that's the, uh, the other important thing is I think just with life in general, you know, whether you're you're picking up a new hobby or you're starting a new job or you're going to school for the first time or last time or whatnot, you struggle in the beginning of everything that you do. And, you know, we always expect things to work out perfectly, but there's a lot of things that you just can't imagine happening. There was no way I could imagine wrecking my bike, crashing my bike the, the first day <laughs> that I get it, you know? <laughs> There's no way that I could imagine, you know, all these type of things. And I think there has to be an element of allowing yourself to go through the obstacles and accepting the obstacles and accepting the future challenges that come your way and not trying to avoid them, but just letting yourself know that whatever you go through, you'll get through. It might not be easy, but you'll still get through it. Um, And I think if you're able to kind of just have that mindset and have that compassion for yourself it'll make going through those struggles a little bit easier and i did like by the end of that day i because i i did i i put a lot of pressure on myself i blame i was starting to blame myself i was like you should have been paying attention to the right the road you should have you know probably gotten a better bike you should have it was it was a lot of you should have could have and would have um and that's mm-hmm. not a great mentality to have especially when you're new and you're already under pressure the best approach is to you know, be a little bit more understanding of yourself. It's like, it's okay, Jay. Like you're new here. You, 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 you did your best. You went out, you were, you took the initiative, you tried, you, you did what you could. And you know, this is just the result. You know, it's not, it's not a punishment. It's not something bad that happens, just something that has happened and you'll get through it just like you get through anything, you know? So I think very important to, you know, understand that things take time, you know, take it slow. Don't try to rush yourself and also just have compassion for yourself as you're getting through things. Cause at the end of the day, all you have is yourself, you know, and you got to at least be your biggest, you know, champion, your biggest fan. You have to encourage yourself the most you can um, because shit can get hard. <laughs> and hard does not mean impossible. It doesn't mean things are going wrong. It just means that things are hard and that's okay, but things will get easier through time.